0: Hammerdown Racing Report, and now your hosts, Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, and Jerry Kieser.
1: Welcome, race fans, to the Hammerdown Racing Report. Show number 190 for uh, Thursday, July 29th. 190? 190.
2: Scott, I can't believe we're having this much fun.
1: 190 times? Yeah, we've done this 190 times. Wow. Getting up there. You may notice that uh, we have some new digs. I don't. Did you notice that, Jerry?
0: Yeah, it's looks a lot different than what I'm sitting in front
1: of. Me. Yeah, it's the uh, Ron Miller Race Cars Studio
2: 2.0. Yeah,
1: the Ron Miller Race Cars Bar and Grill. There you go. We're gonna get some. Uh, <laughs> no
2: flames down here, baby. Some steak served up a little bit later. So, um,
1: it's uh, kind of an experimental. Uh, thing here, we'll see how this works. Everything seems to be working fine for now, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll keep things Wait going. Wait till
0: I get up there; we'll we'll stop it from working well.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we can have uh, guests here. We got the extra mics and everything uh, that we can set up. So uh, yeah, we're 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 set to. Uh, is Larry Jewett still in town? By the way, nah, he,
2: he flew went back. right right after the summer nationals race. He flew out.
1: All right, well, he's, a, smash he's it open. He's going to be in the show next week. That's oh, what happens when I leave my phone Scott. potted Oh, up. Scott. <laughs> it was just telling me that my live video starts on the Hammerdown Racing Report on Facebook. That was my notification. Well, um, lucky you. All right, let's start our Welcome, race fans. Coming at you live from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio 2.0. Uh, it's the Hammerdown Racing Report presented by Oakshade Raceway. Tonight on the show. We are going to be speaking with Bill Broderick, otherwise known as the Hat Man. You uh, may remember him as the guy you always see in Victory Lane at, at all the NASCAR races. At least uh, back in
2: you, you'd have to be probably twenty-five, thirty years old to remember that, Scott. I think, I think he's. When I, it... I think he's been out of that gig for probably fifteen years. We'll find out.
1: Yeah, has it been yeah, that long? Well, well, yeah, we'll find I've out. Been. He's been in there at least, he started at least in 1980, and he's always in victory lane doing what uh, Jerry's got going on there, except for uh, he'd be doing it to the winner and, you know, every 30 seconds or so, putting on a new sponsor hat, more pictures get taken. So he's got all kinds of stories. We'll be talking to him in a little bit. Uh, Hey, look, Larry Jewett says he's not in town. Thank you, Larry. Larry's going to be on the show next week. That's why I asked. I okay, Larry, book a Very flight. Cool. Make sure you get into town Thursday by seven o'clock, and uh, we got a seat for you right over here. Otherwise, we'll we'll see you on video. That that's next week, and we'll talk about that a little bit and, later. And,
2: and we'll have pizza when the show's over.
1: Why don't we have pizza while the show's going? Well, There's a thought. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you we get more guests in the studio.
2: We could, do, we could make this happen.
1: I, th- I think, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, make sure to uh, like us on uh, Facebook, follow us on Twitter. At Hammer Report, we have the uh, uh, poll going right now, the Twitter poll for this week. that has to do with uh, should the drivers be consulted uh, about weather delays or not. Um, we'll check out those results. I think that's open for probably another 10 minutes or so. Uh, at Hammer Report on Twitter is where that's at. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, like we always are. You can also listen to us on demand on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or check us out on hammerdownracingreport.com. Cool.
2: You've rehearsed that a few times, haven't you? It's all written down here. I I I thought maybe you had rehearsed it like 190 times.
1: Uh, Make sure to check out Oakshade Raceway this weekend. We're the fastest meat to race every Saturday night. This weekend is the Night of Wheels. Going to be doing a bunch of uh, bicycle giveaways. Is back for the first time since last year, or not since uh, 2019, because uh, we didn't do it last year due right. to the COVID stuff. So ought to be a lot of bikes uh, to be given away, and the weather looks good for this weekend. Oh, it's, Speaking of which, beautiful. we'll have the weekend weather pit stop with Ron Miller tonight because uh, Ryan Weekman was off. Also coming up a little bit later, the hammer down uh, hotline. We got a call for that. Uh, how many on the way? Your chance to win a Big D's Pizza. And uh, keep an eye on Jerry there because it's important. Details coming up. That's your hint
0: for the night. That's your hint for
1: the (laughs) night. Late model sports and bombers and compacts in action. That's uh, this Saturday night at Oakshade Raceway. Also check out Real Geese Silhouette Decoys, the most technologically advanced goose and duck decoys ever produced. Manufactured here in the U.S. Check out realgeese.com or call 419-800-8100. You can check out some of the uh, Real Geese um, apparel they have on sale on their website. They probably have a hat, too should get you one, Jerry.
0: I need to get one. Yeah, i have to talk to Craig about that next time I see him.
1: Uh, also, Please. thanks Also, thanks to uh, Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, and Freeze Frame Photos. We'll talk more about them a little bit later. Oh, we got, we have a new oh. name. You missed this, round. Ron was off last week. The uh, upcoming races. But it
2: was worthwhile being off.
1: Is now going to be called the Big D's Racing Menu. Yes. All right. I forgot to put that on here, so. Has ah.
2: have we gotten executive permission from Dean to make that happen?
1: I think that he was, uh, we were throwing that around, and uh, so he, he, he he was instrumental yeah. in approving it. Yes, Dean. He, he, he says he liked it. Well, well, okay, Dean. When I I guessed when I was typing our names in, I was like, I don't know which side's going to show up on, and I guessed wrong. <laughs> so apparently tonight I'm Ron, and he's Scott. So, Jerry, you got the racing roundup.
0: Sure do. Let's jump into this week's Racing Roundup. Sandusky Speedway was in action last week. On Thursday, Clayton Oliver took the Lubrication Supply LLC Renegade feature over Ben Watson and Andrew McCall. Trent as Laxon took the Precision Paving Pure Stock feature win over Johnny Newman and Kyle Lawson. Jeremy Wiggins took the Ohio Wheelman Series feature over Buck Pertie and Josh Wise. Spencer Adkins took the Beginner Stock feature over Ethan Rosiska and Laney Nageddely. On Friday night, Rick Elkins took the Modified feature over Kenny Phillips and Seth Sam Begum. Jeff Abel took the 40-lap ISMA Super Modified Feature over Chris Purley and Trent Stevens. On Saturday night, Bill Rabbits took the Pure Stock Feature win over Johnny Newman and Wayne Sweeney. In the 100-lap Super Modified Feature, Mike Mavetta took the victory over Mike Lichty. And Friday's winner, Jeff Abel, finished third. Attica Raceway Park was in action. Cale Conley from Vienna, West Virginia led all 30 laps of the AFCS 410 Feature Friday night and pocketed $4,000 for his efforts in a close finish over Trey Jacobs. Craig Mitz finished third. Mike Boris won the Attica Oakshade Late Model Challenge Series feature with Ryan Markham and Devin Shields rounding out the podium. Five time Attica 305 champion Paul Weaver picked up his fifth win of the season in the AFCS 305 feature. Flat Rock Speedway was in action with Brian Bergacker winning the Stan Yee Memorial 150 for the Outlaw Super Late Models on Saturday night after taking the lead on lap 77. Connor Zabosian finished second and Craig Everidge was third. Jeremy Van Hoof won the.
1: I figured I put the little background music, makes it sound more dramatic. Yeah. I, oh, reading it. I like it. I, 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 I didn't more, know. I thought I was losing my mind. Okay. I wasn't sure if you could hear it or not. Just keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I, I, try, I, try, sure. I tried not to react. So yeah.
0: <laughs> try to stay pr- professional. You know what I mean? Jeremy Van Hoof won the figure eight feature with Dennis, Dennis Wisman Jr. second and uh, Greg Stute in third. Lima Land canceled due to rain. Same with Oakshade Raceway. Fremont Speedway tried to run, but eventually succumbed to the weather. At Shady Bowl Speedways, the the Vors Compact Touring Series was in action. Gary Eaton Jr. was quick time and won the feature after starting deep in the field. He survived several late race cautions to hold off Jake Albright and Terry Eaton Jr. in that forty lap feature. The Herod Septic Solutions Compacts. Josh Sage picked up the quick time with Corey Plunkett winning the dash. Damian Wagle, Andrea Swink won heat races with Nicholas Mead picking up the win in the feature with Ethan Pope second, Corey Plunkett third. Bullet Liner of Dayton Thunder Cars. Buck Bertie was quick time with Scott Drake dominating the feature over Robert Rauch and Brandon Helton. And in the Noble Armor Coating Crown Vicks, Jimmy McElfresh was quick time and also won the feature, which was cut short from its normal 20 laps to 16 due to rain. Jimmy won over Chris Prater and Sam Marquis. Uh, did not run the Powder Puff on Saturday night due to the rain. Obviously, that has been rescheduled for this Saturday night at Shady Bowl in the compact. So the ladies will have a chance to take to the track once again this Saturday night at Shady Bowl. In the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Turbo Tyler Erb scored the biggest win of his racing career on Thursday night at the I-80 Speedway. Leading all 53 laps, Erb picked up $30,000 in the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series sanctioned event. Erb won over Hudson O'Neill and Brandon Overton. Kyle Bronson pulled away from the pack and cruised the victory on Saturday night at I-80 Speedway, winning the 11th annual Silver Dollar Nationals by more than 10 seconds over runner-up Tim McCready. Bronson took the lead from Chase Jungins on lap 48 and dominated the rest of the race. Earl Pearson Jr. came through the field to finish third. Next up for the Lucas Oil 8 models in the North-South weekend, August 12th through the 14th at Ford Speedway in Union, Kentucky. World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars were in action with Sheldon Hottenshield dominating at Williams Grove Speedway on Friday night. He set quick time to lead all 25 laps for his sixth World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars Series win of the year on night one of the Summer Nationals. Lance DeWeese charged from 17th starting spot to finish second and James McFadden finished third. Brent Marks managed to come from behind win in Saturday's Summer Nationals finale at Williams Grove. Marks stormed past 90 shots with 10 laps remaining to give the PA posse its first win with the Touring Series on home soil since May 18, 2009. He topped Sheldon Shield by just under a second while Shots, the leader of the first 20 laps, fading fading to third. Next up for the World of Outlaws Sprints, the Big R Shootout at Ransomville Speedway in Ransomville, New York, tomorrow, and then the Empire State Challenge at Weed Sports Speedway on Saturday. The Flow Racing All-Star Circle of Champions were in action with Cap Henry powering his way to the $8,000-to-win Friday night win at Lake Ozark Speedway. Henry survived challenges from Zeb Wise, Tyler Courtney, and Gio Selzy. Wise held on to finish second, and Christopher Bell rounded out the podium. Speaking of Christopher Bell, he earned his first Flow Racing All-Star Circle of Champions victory in 37 months Saturday night at Lake Ozark Speedway. Bell picked up $10,000 for winning the inaugural Beach Brawl. Cat Henry advanced seven positions to finish second, followed by Tyler Courtney. Tyler Courtney won the first Flow Racing All-Star Circuit of Champions race held at Humboldt Speedway on Sunday night. Courtney took the lead from Corey Eliasson in heavy traffic on lap 27 of the 30-lap event. Eliasson held on to finish second, and pole sitter Zeb Weiss finished third. Brian Brown won at I-70 Motorsports Park on Tuesday night. The defending Knoxville Raceway Champion earned $7,000 for his effort. Shane Stewart, returning from a semi-retirement, finished second, and Geo Selzy was third. Next up for the All-Stars, Missouri State Fair Speedway tonight, 34 Raceway tomorrow, and Knoxville Raceway on Saturday. In the Arca Menard Series, it was Ty Gibbs dominating Saturday night's Shore Lunch 150 at Iowa Speedway, leading all but one of 150 laps en route to his sixth Arca Menard Series win of the season. Last week's winner, Daniel Dye, finished second, and Taylor Gray finished third. Next up for the Arca Series, the Calypso Lemonade 200 at Winchester Speedway this Saturday at 8 p.m. on MAV-TV and NBC Track Pass. In other notes, the Dirt Car Summer Nationals wrapped up their first half of the uh, series. Thursday night, it was Bobby Pierce winning at Tri-City. Friday at Clarksville, it was Bobby Pierce. Saturday at Richmond Raceway, Ashton Winger picked up the win. Sunday, Bobby Pierce won again at Lake Cumberland Speedway, and Monday's event was postponed. Next up for the Summer Nationals, they'll head to Highland Speedway and Federated Auto Parts Speedway at I-55 in Joppa, Missouri on August 14th. And that will do it for this week's racing roundup.
1: Make sure to contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racing racetrack photos, racing photos, victory lane photos, whatever. They they have them all. Your favorite racer. You think they have my favorite racer there? I'll bet they do. Of
0: course. And Charlie told me he had pictures of me for you. Oh, yes.
1: Ah, uh, you can give Charlie a call four one nine four seven six nine nine seven eight. They do uh, special shoots. Uh, they can do pretty much anything you want. They got all kinds of cool products, uh, like the calendar deal. Um, yeah, it's free freeze frame photos, special moments frozen in time. Also, don't forget to order Big D's pizza, um, or you can get a sub or some ribs or some chicken, whatever you prefer there, uh, and more. You can get the, the garlic too. boat. The garlic boat. The garlic boat. That was freaking awesome. Uh, Big D's out there in Clyde. Give him a call 419-547-1444. Order online at orderbigdspizza.com. Big on taste, not on price. And um, I think uh, we should give uh, Bill a call here. If you seen a, a picture, if you seen a picture of Bill, you would know who he is. He's uh, he's yeah, got.
0: Exactly. As soon as you see him,
1: Susie. Unfortunately, I, I, he called me out of the blue yesterday, and I was like, uh, our original guest uh, didn't kind of backed out, so I was like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? And uh, so it's kind of how things worked out. But he's got that beard, big, huge, tall guy, almost looked like a wrestler. I I think I I read some things that said he was described that way. So uh, let's get him on the phone here and learn more about Bill Broderick, the hat man.
2: He said hopefully.
1: What do you mean, hopefully? There's no hopefully. He's got his cell phone on him all the time, he said.
2: Yeah, well, he's in. Hello?
1: Hey, Bill. How you doing? Pretty good. Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, Jerry Kieser for Hammer Down Racing Report. You're on the air.
3: Right. What, what, time, what time is it?
1: It is 7.16 our time.
3: Oh, the Time's shit on. Okay, can you call me back in about five minutes?
1: In about five minutes? We can do yeah. that.
3: Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to the John right now. Oh, right. that's okay. way too much information. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay.
1: All right, we'll call you Bye. back. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: I, mean, <laughs> I guess we forgot to, tell, forgot to tell him there was an hour difference.
1: Oh, Scott, uh, I think that's Scott, the first time Scott. that's happened. Um, uh, how <laughs> some people but, don't look, give a shit. Obviously, comment? Bill does. <laughs> Oh. you look
0: in the comments, <laughs> uh, my friend Jackie Olam telling us that she saw him yesterday. We 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 actually watched Stroke Stroker Race Ace yesterday. He was and, in the movie. And Bill is in that movie. Yes, he is in the movie. I did not makes know an that. appearance in Victory Lane. Yes, that was huh. very cool. So very. very
1: uh, well, we'll get we'll give yeah. him a couple minutes to finish up his business there. In the meantime, we'll go through some <laughs> some racing news. Um, Kyle Bush uh, he's been having a lot of fun on his vacation. He was seen in a video twerking uh, that I did not watch, and I'm glad. And then uh, he was in a golf cart that was pulled over by uh, by a police golf cart in the Bahamas, uh, and apparently he had been drinking, he wasn't driving, that was pretty much it on that, wasn't he?
2: Did they know who he was?
1: I, I, he had, like, a fake press conference the next day, just kind of making fun of the whole thing. I, I know, see. It was whatever. Um. Uh, you guys probably heard about this. On July 15th, Cosith County Speedway in Iowa hired a uh, fill-in announcer, Lon Olke, who uh, went on a long rant about respecting the flag and then giving his opinion of the NFL considering using the Black National Anthem. Olke, a full-time announcer at Fairmount Speedway in uh, Minneapolis, or I'm sorry, in Minnesota, not Minneapolis, in Minnesota, uh, has the support of his uh, home tracks promoter, John McCorkle, Um, and, uh, because John McCorkle, for his rant, for his rant, yes. The the, the track that he uh, did it at, at Casa Casa in Iowa, he he was, they they kind of denounced everything. He said, you know, that was, we had a fill-in announcer, what he said, what doesn't reflect the views here. And I think it was a flow racing race and they pulled that video down. Um, you know, and they fired him, but he didn't
2: work there anyway.
1: It's great to have your opinion, but speaking as an announcer, that's not the proper place for that. I mean... No, you no.
0: represent the track. Yes. you work for it. Is not. Your, it's it's not your platform. Views. Yeah,
1: it's not your platform yeah. to spew out what you feel. I mean, whether or not you agree with them, that's irrelevant. It's just the the wrong platform there. Uh, but anyways, uh, since his home track uh, supporter there in Minnesota uh, has is supporting him, I guess they're losing sponsors. Uh, True Value has uh, pulled out of their sponsorship. Of there, that here's the yeah. trick
0: on that. True Value. The corporate end of it is the one that denounced it. The It was a local true value store that still sponsors the track. They
1: have They're not pulled their sponsor. Okay. I did not know so, that part. Good thing we got yeah. you on here. Um, I was reading. Uh, we, Scott, we've it, been it fact-checked. <laughs> Fake news! Uh, Meyer <laughs> Schenck Racing officials have announced that. You, my name is Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Helio. Uh, Good job, Mark. Helio. Helio. Crastin. <laughs> Crastin. Yeah, that guy. It's Elio. They call him Elio. Uh, but if you're... Elio. He, what is he? What is his nationality?
0: Bra- Brazilian, I
1: think. Okay, yes. I'm thinking Spanish. In Spanish, it would be pronounced Haleo. Hey, Haleo. Or something like that. Castro Castroneves. See, how many is he's, a Brazilian? He's going to uh, return... It's Portuguese then. we Will return to... I'm, I totally lost my train of thought. He's going to return to uh, the team, Meyer shank Racing, to race full-time in the NTT IndyCar Series next season. This year, he was only uh, originally scheduled to do four races. That's why he had time to do all the SRX stuff. Um, so next year, or he, after winning the Indy 500, uh, he uh, is going to be running a full season for him. So I think that's uh, kind of what he's hey, looking Ron, for to do.
0: He's back to full-time. Do we see a five-time Indy 500 champion?
2: Possible. Let's hope so. The crowd went wild this year. Let's do it again.
0: If someone's going to do it, Elio, uh, Tony Kanaan, guys like that, that have their, put their whole heart and soul into the sport is who I want to see do
2: it.
1: Yep. Reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott and NTT IndyCar Series veteran Connor Daly will compete in the third Driven to Save Lives BC39 on August 18th through the 19th at the Dirt Track at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, Elliot will compete in the uh, USAC NAS Energy Drink National Midget Championship event for the very first time. So, and I, and I believe they uh, canceled that last year due to uh, COVID. They didn't run the BC 30.
2: I've seen an awful lot of NASCAR guys Doing, running on dirt lately. Yeah. Guys with and very little dirt, like dirt background. I like it.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, we'll do a couple more stories here just to make sure that. Uh, Everything comes of out. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Nick Hoffman will fill in for Scott Bloomquist for the 31st uh, running of the Prairie Dirt Classic at Fairbury Speedway. Uh, so he's going to be running. Uh, he's been doing great in his uh, modified. He's going to be running uh, Bloomquist's uh, late model. Uh, Bloomquist is sitting out due to a loss of sensation in his right leg. That's all I. I couldn't find any more information on that. I don't know what's uh, going on with that. Doesn't sound like a good thing though. No. I know he's had. Uh, no had a lot of medical issues over the years though from falling on a tray off a trailer and yeah. Yeah. Tony Brightinger will become the first Arab American female driver in Arca Menard series racing competition. Her debut will be this Saturday at Winchester Speedway and uh, I believe he's done. So we'll get back to Tony here.
3: <laughs> we'll
1: answer uh... Hey Bill.
3: Yeah. Uh, hey, welcome back. back. Yeah, well, I had to t- had to answer nature's call. Oh, well, that's, that's
1: we don't want to interrupt that. We're glad you could it. <laughs> want to give you plenty of time to get everything
3: taken care of. Well, yeah, because I, I hate to have to interrupt our conversation. That's for sure. <laughs> so, in, in your, in your, in, your
2: for, in your former career, did that ever happen? Uh, let me see.
3: No, I don't think so. I, I, I made it happen to David Pearson one time, but other than that, we were all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Scott, back to you.
1: All right. We're speaking uh, with uh, Bill Broderick, the, the hat man uh, from, uh, I guess, uh, how, did, how did you get started as being the hat man and seeing you on a weekly basis in Victory Lane? How did all that come to be?
3: Well, I went, I went to work, I, I was a, a journalist, uh, I wrote for the Cincinnati Enquirer, and I had a daily radio show on WKRC, Taft Broadcasting, in my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I went to work, uh, in January of 1969 for Union 76. Uh, later it became Union All it was Union All, California, but Union 76. As the PR uh, manager for the racing division. And uh, my first race was Daytona 500 in 1969, working for the company. And we had the, the first time we had the Race Stopper Corps. Uh, of our girls who helped present the trophies in the Victory Lane ceremonies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I remember that. And well. so, so I was, that was the start of me being in Victory Lane because I had to be in there with, with, uh, with the, the Race Hopper Corps and then we had to be there anyway to help promote, you know, visuals of the company. But it was a zoo. It was an absolute, nobody was getting anything done. Uh the, the photographers were all screaming and hollering because they couldn't get pictures. And the TV guys were all bent out of shape and whatever. And I so I'm big and ugly and have a loud voice. And so I wanted to get us publicity. So I just kind of moved in and said, wait a minute, let, let's put a little order into this thing. And it started out slowly. Uh, and, but everybody seemed to say, hey, this is working. This works. And by two thirds of the season going over, everybody kind of expected my contemporaries were happy because we looked, I looked out for everybody. My, my philosophy always was if, uh, SCP got a good picture of promotion, We were gonna, we being Union Oil, Union 76 would get good identification too. That would carry through all the way around. So, and that's how we got started with it, and it just grew from there. Uh, the promoters were happy to have somebody take, kind of run things. NASCAR didn't, at that time, didn't give a hoot. They all wanted to go home. <laughs> and so, just a matter of circumstances, uh, right place, I guess, right time. I enjoyed it. Uh, we, the company, came out good. Everybody, it was a win-win for everybody.
1: So, what year did uh, did you start doing that on a consistent basis at a, at, that you were? Uh,
3: 1960. Out? That was when cause... I went to work. 1969. It was that long. Wow. <laughs> And, it, and by I worked, it, I worked. Yeah, I worked for the company. Uh, Union, Union Oil California was sold in uh, nineteen ninety seven uh, to Tosco Corporation. Uh, it was an oil company up in uh, in the East Coast. Uh, they didn't have stations, but they did. And they never even knew they bought a racing division. And I almost completed twenty nine years. It was at the end of the season, November, and uh, the new, new broom sweeps clean, as they say. And the, the new boss for the racing division called me, was going in. I was ready to make plans. I wanted to get 30 years in. I was ready to retire after 30 years. But uh, I was coming up on the end of 29, and I wanted to go in. They called me in, and he told me, quote, I don't need you anymore. So I was out the door. <laughs> so that was the end of my 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 career at Union Oil as uh, director of handling all the public relations and publicity for the racing division worldwide.
2: So did you walk away from racing after? Uh, being
3: yeah, told to hit see, the I, door? well, well, uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, I see. I live in a small town about Algonquin, Illinois, which is about forty miles northwest of Chicago. And it's that's not big racing country. And you uh, know, if I was living in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, somewhere where most of the NASCAR teams were, and you know, all I would have probably you know worked pretty hard to try to go to keep keep busy in the job. But there just isn't that kind of work up here. And I, I, I walked pretty good from Union Oil. They treated me very. It was a great company to work for. Absolutely fabulous. And when I left them, uh, they treated me very well. And so, uh, I, what I did is I put thirty, twenty-nine years of racing experience to good use. I bought a saloon in Algonquin. A tavern came up for sale. I bought it. So I became a saloon keeper and I had, I kept that for 11 years. Uh, and my son went over to run. It was a family deal and my wife, finally he took over the 2011, the depression hit us pretty bad and I just got out of it. But I never worked so hard in all my life as when I owned that saloon. Hell, I worked 29 years for a company doing my hobby. And then I had to go to work 24-7 working for me and a bunch of other people. You know? So God, you're, like you're, you're
2: saying your second boss was a jerk.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he sure was. But anyway, it all worked out. Life is good. Uh, I'm in great health for my age. Uh, I've got arthritis fairly bad. I try and keep up with it. Uh, I don't go to races. Uh, I can't get in for one thing, and I'm not going to spend a hundred bucks for a ticket. <laughs> they they and, won't give you a ticket. Uh, well, You're well, like a got, well yeah, I tell tell you what I do. I have a lifetime credential from ARCA, which is in Toledo. Yep. And I can go to any ARCA race because I was given, I was awarded a lifetime credential. From Marcus. So I could go to an Arca race if I wanted to go, but there's none around our area up here, and uh, so I don't go.
2: <laughs> so, who gave you that credential? Was that John or was that Ronnie Drager?
3: Uh, John it was, uh, no, no, John, uh, Mark passed away. Uh, okay. Drager gave it to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice.
1: So, how many how many hat changes do you think that you've made throughout your career there? Oh God, I I, oh,
3: oh, I, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> we were going in the beginning. It wasn't that bad. I mean, we had Goodyear. We had ourselves. Uh, we had uh, maybe the race sponsor might have a hat. Uh, the sponsor on the car, you know, uh, like Richard Petty would have S T P or Mountain Dew or. You know, Budweiser, they give a name. They may have a hat, but that was about it. But then NASCAR started uh, with all the auxiliary uh, sponsorships, and, and part of their deal on selling their program was, hey, we'll get you, you can have your hat in Victory Lane, and you're always with the winner. So everybody that had a decal on the car ended up having a hat in Victory Lane to get the picture made. And so that's how many we went through. However many decals were on the car, usually we had boxes of them, and an NASCAR guy would would be there to make sure that uh, we got the hats, and that's how we started the hat dance.
1: So That that was actually my question. So you weren't in charge of figuring out which hats had to be there. The hats were provided to you, and you were just like
3: no, uh, Yeah, in a way. (laughs) I always went – He who spends the most gets there first. Well, we always had the the race sponsor. I mean, that's extremely important to take care of those people. In those days, Winston came on board, extremely spending tons of money. So we would always go with Winston first, the race sponsor, and then because I was running it, I always made sure Union got in there real <laughs> early for the pictures. And then from that point on, we just took uh, whoever whoever we, I was handed a hat for. But we always tried to look after the car sponsor, the race sponsor, the series sponsor, and my company were the four main that I worried about.
1: Now was there a was there a timing uh, element involved here? Was it you know twenty seconds on each hat or how did you?
3: No, the the timing element was when the photographer said he had a picture.
1: Okay, (laughs) (laughs) next, (laughs) Uh, awesome. Uh, So when when uh, you were watching the race, uh, did you get to actually see much of the racing? Uh, You know, uh, where were you before?
3: during well, the races. Mean, oh I was in the press box okay so you got to watch the so were, hey, races. I'm, a PR, I'm, a, I'm an old school PR guy and so I I mean and I came from from the journalist stand and so I knew just I knew all the people I knew all the journalists I know all the TV guys and then my job was to be in the press box to give uh, any help I could. Give any help I could to anybody. That's, right. That was my job.
1: Now, did you have favorites uh, that you were rooting for? That you know that you would get to meet in victory lane.
3: All of them. Everybody. Awesome. I love them all. I loved every race driver uh, deserved to win, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. I, I never had a problem with. And some are a little harder to work with than others. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know. Uh, most of them were really easy to work with. Uh, I had no problems with anybody.
2: Who was the Kyle Bush of your day?
3: Kyle Bush of my day. Oh, God. He's,
2: he's difficult.
3: He's good, but... I'd probably say, well, I'd probably say Earnhardt. Yeah. I mean, Earnhardt was in a class by himself. Yeah. Uh, everybody, I mean, he liked... <laughs> he liked to run the, everything. He, he it was his show, but he'd pull your chain half the time too. I I mean, that's the way that worked. I, he would Earnhardt loved to spray with a champagne. <laughs> and the first thing he always would say I I put the champagne in Victory Lane as far as gas goes because I had a little side deal going with my Sandon. Uh I would I was in Europe for a number of races, did some Formula One and some IndyCar. And so we we had molestia done, and they were very happy to be in Victory Lane. And I always had a a real bomb in there. And when Earnhardt started winning, when Earnhardt was winning races and we, we had the champagne. The first thing he wanted to do was spray everybody with a champagne. Frederick, where's the champagne? I want the champagne. Well, the worst thing in the world to do is do it first because he'd spray all the photographers and the TV guys. And their lenses would be covered with champagne and they'd be all wet. And nobody would get any pictures and everybody would scream and holler. So I couldn't give him the champagne until later, in the ball came. Then we would spray the champagne. And then he would be a happy camper. But until then, if he didn't have the champagne, if we had a race without it, oh, he was really miserable. He'd mumble, grumble, and uh, (laughs) wouldn't want to do this, and oh, I don't want to do that, and then the, the, but the funny part is, whenever he give you a rough time, he go over and he look at you, he give you that wink, and you know that he was just pulling your chain. <laughs>
1: nice. So, who was the hardest uh, person to work with, without naming names?
3: Oh no, not I never had a hard time. Okay. Never. Had. Everybody. See, that was the good thing. When you're a race... You're in a good you way. don't got any complaints. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. You're happy. And everybody comes into victory lane. They're not mumbling and going, oh, I won that race. What the hell did I win that race for? I didn't want to <laughs> win that race. You <laughs> don't hear that. Everybody's happy in victory lane. And so that that made it work out real well.
1: Was there any ever any uh, sponsor issues where, uh, you know, maybe there was some conflict with a, a sponsor? a primary sponsor in a car and a hat that you put on like, like a Coke and Pepsi kind of thing.
3: Well, I knew, I mean, I'm being in the business. I was smart enough to know what, you know, what that was going on. But, uh, there were a couple of times like when Coca-Cola sponsored the 600, the Coca-Cola race in Charlotte, they were a big sponsor. Uh, I remember one time, Pepsi was uh, with uh, Daryl Waltrip. And he had a deal with Daryl Waltrip because he always had a Pepsi thing. I mean, it was one of them Coke Pepsi deals. And, oh, they got all bent out of shape. Jack, Jack Arooge, who you may know as, uh, from television and, and announcing and all of that, was working PR for um, uh Walter had the Pepsi Cola deal. Was working for Junior Johnson and PR, and had the Pepsi, and was always pushing the Pepsi. And oh, they got all bent out of shape. They carried, they carried a route. The cops carried a route out of Victory Lane, and all was smart enough. He knows what was going on. That uh, yeah, we got that handled. But that didn't happen very often. Very often, mainly because I didn't let it happen. I mean, you don't, you don't want. Conflict in front of three dozen photographers and a half a dozen television stations. You don't want that, so you just plan things accordingly, and everybody worked real well. Everybody worked real well.
1: So what? Uh, what's the strangest thing that that has that ever happened while you were in Victory Lane?
3: Strangest thing that ever happened? Oh God, I, I, I've got to think on that one. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't say strange. Uh, and anytime that. Well, uh, I, tell you, go well, I tell you what was different when we were in Japan, when that car went to Japan That's right. and ran a, a, a race in Japan. That victory lane was a little bit strange because uh, they had they had some nice young ladies there uh, and the people who sponsored the race and, and we had to play the game because I my Japanese is very limited <laughs> and their English was non-existent but we all everything worked out all right but it was a little strange that our sign language worked and uh, and then that all went well. uh, but other than that, uh, I did. Uh, I remember we had uh, a Formula One race in well, in, in um, Las Vegas, that victory lane. But those were all well, right. Everybody worked well. I can't say, I really can't say we ever had a strange happening in victory lane. I really can't.
1: Okay. Now, did you just? We know you did the cup races for NASCAR. Did you do uh, the the the? I guess it was the Bush Bush. Yeah, Bush back that was like nationwide. No, that was before that. Did you do the Bush series uh, races? Oh yeah, Uh,
3: I did. I did whatever race was at a racetrack. Okay. And uh, I only got into trouble one time, and it was at a Bush race. We were in Rockingham, and uh. Um, um. Oh shit! What's your number twenty-four driver? Jeff Gordon. Uh, Gordon? Jeff Gordon was just started and was running in the Bush series, and he won the Bush race at Rockingham. Well, he we had he pulled in a victory. And of course, the Bush guys are there, popping the beer cans and spraying the stuff. Oh, it hit the fan. Because afterwards, they said, he wasn't 21 years old. And here they had all the bush. that he never drank any. I remember that. He never drank. But they were spraying the bush beer all over there. You know, yeah, it was a typical victory lane. But he was under 21, and uh, they came to me later. Well, I never even thought about him being under 21, and we couldn't, you know, put a stop to it once it started. But that was – I'll never forget that one. That was the only time I ever, well, quote, got into trouble, I guess you might say, on running a victory lane.
0: <laughs> so what, we, we briefly talked earlier, Bill, that you have a, a film credit to your uh, resume being in Stroker
3: Ace, how was the I have two credits. I have I did uh, Stroker Ace, and I had did another one called Burns for Race, uh, which never hit the big screen. It was filmed in uh, in uh, Charlotte, most of it. I've seen it on TV, uh, but yeah, I did Stroker. Uh, we were in Stroker. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was that was really great. Uh, you have to take that. Uh, film for what it was it was a comedy it wasn't a documentary it wasn't a true life story but we had great great time doing that doing that
1: so you're not only a victory lane manager but you're also a movie star
3: Uh, i'm sorry say again please
1: So you're not only the victory lane manager but you're also a movie star
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I spent 25 years in the union and SAG, Screen Actors Guild, and uh, that movie paid a few dollars, believe it or not. So, uh, well, I certainly am not going to claim status as a star. I'd be, be happy to even say, walk on, but I'm told that once you have a screen credit on a screen, it stays in there forever, in the union and in Hollywood and whatever so I got two of them, and uh, there we are. <laughs> Very
1: good. I think Very you should cool. you should be in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I'm just saying.
3: No, uh, no, not quite, not <laughs> quite. I'm, I'm, uh, if I get uh, that, that just wouldn't work too well. What about so, the NASCAR cool. Hall of Fame? Uh, I have reservations on the NASCAR awesome. Hall. Of Fame. No, not for me personally. I don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Hell no. But. The NASCAR Hall of Fame rubs me the wrong way in the fact that until they put Smokey Eunuch until the France family authorizes and let Smokey Eunuch go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, it's just another Hall of Fame.
1: Okay. <laughs> so what what is it what is your opinion of, of the state of Nascar today? <laughs> With the playoff system?
3: Well, and, you know, I, I like to watch the end of the races. I'm not real keen on, on the uh, heat race format, uh, the, the Saturday night format, the heat races, and then the big finish and all. Uh, uh, it's changed drastically. It's all business, it's all big money now. Uh, and uh, and a lot of it's, they're all cookie cutters. The cars they they want they would like to have forty cars go across the finish line all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That ain't going to happen. Uh, and uh, the drivers are are pretty well regulated. They, they there are no characters anymore in in, in NASCAR. Lack of personality. You, you personality. You don't have it. And I am, I am, I thank God every day that when I was in the business, I spent over 30 years as a journalist with the company, and then later on, I was still in some racing because I, I worked, did some work with General Motors uh, on the Le Mans effort, but uh, I, the, by uh, the 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s, a lot of people call the golden age of stock car racing. And I firmly believe that because they raced cars that looked like stock cars. They had characters, the mechanics. It was just a whole different family, fan-oriented, super terrific sport. It was just one of a kind in those days. And today, to me, it's over-regulated. It's just too regulated. And uh, NASCAR controls everything, and the big money controls everything, and it's just different. It's it's still racing, but if I want to see some good racing, I'll go over to where I'm at, Sycamore Speedway, which is a good quarter mile dirt track yep. down, you down in Sycamore, Illinois, or I'll go up to Slinger <laughs> up in Wisconsin, uh, maybe I'll go to Eldora. You can't beat that kind of racing. That That's where the racing's at, as far as I'm concerned now.
1: And a lot of uh, the NASCAR guys like Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, you know, they're doing a lot of that uh, dirt track racing.
3: Yeah, they sure are. And I, I think that uh, Smoke has done a terrific job with the new series, the what is it, the SRX series. Right. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask you Does about that.
3: that. Uh, I love it. I think that is terrific. Now they're, they, they're doing some things that are different, but they're putting on a, a good race for the fans. And you've got to be able to drive it, and uh, I, that, that's, I like that. I think it's a good series. And I uh, wish them all the luck, and I think they'll be a big success.
1: Now, if Tony asked you to uh, come be the hat man next year for that series, w- would you would you come out of retirement for that?
3: I'd be on a plane in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. As much as as much as travel is hard these days and age, and, and getting around, uh, you know, fighting the airports. Of course, the pandemic didn't make anything any easier. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd uh, uh, smoke a car. I'd, I'd, I'd be forced to have to say yes.
1: <laughs> now, if you had a choice, uh, do you prefer late models or sprint car racing?
3: I love sprint car racing, open wheel racing, I I would call it. Uh, I like Formula One. I really like Formula One from the technical side. Uh, they, they, it's a run with a brung and of course they got the new car coming in next year on Formula One. But it's still so highly technical, and I, I really I like it. I like the IndyCar series. I like open wheel racing, and I like sports car racing. Uh, I went. I've been involved in sports car racing. I went for years from 1981 to 2002. I guess it was to Le Mans every year, and I got involved in, in helping the. Uh, Chevrolet, take the Corvettes over to Le mall. I headed up the uh, exploratory team, they called it, and then in uh, 1989, right, I worked for Herb Fischl, who's director of racing for General Motors, and took him over there because I had the experience of being there. I was there with Billy Hagen when he ran his cars, and I was there with the Buicks when they ran their cars, and, uh, I love Lamar. I love that race. It, uh, it's a world event. And, uh, it's just, it's just every, if you ever have a chance to go to Lamar for the 24 hours, by all means do it. And I recommend that to anybody because it's, it's just a happening. That's all it is. It's just a baby happening. But, uh, yeah, I really do. I like open wheel racing. I I, I grew up with the old, with the sprint cars and, and the old USAC sprint cars is what I covered back in the early sixties. Cause I started in me in the media in 64. I had my first radio show. I worked for a radio station, uh, had a racing program and it progressed from there. But, uh, in those days, I would, I would be in Winchester and El and Dayton and yeah, you name it, a short track, uh, whatever the spring cars were running.
1: Now, have you ever gotten in and uh, raced in a race car
3: yourself? I did a couple celebrity things, but that's all. I've never been in a real race with real racers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I've been in. Uh, I did a couple celebrity races and I won them. Nice. <laughs> I did one of them, to, but, but uh, that was that was fun and I enjoyed it. And I I have uh, I've gone fast. I've driven some cars, but I've never been in a race. Now those, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough.
1: Well, the races you won, did you were you your own hat person? Were you changing your own hat?
3: Well, that was that was long before I ever went to work oh. and started the hats. Okay. Yeah, that was back in the old days, and when I was in the in the media uh, uh, side of the, of the business.
1: All right, uh, one last question I, I have for you: D- Do you have uh, one favorite victory lane story? Uh, you know, one time that that kind of stands uh, out. Oh
3: well, there's a number of them that kind of stand out. Uh, you cut me off anytime you want. <laughs> uh, Richard, Richard, when Richard Petty won two hundred, that was very special. Yep. That was, that was fantastic. Uh, not only because he won, but Richard was so great to work with in Victory Lane. He knew exactly what to do and he, he worked with me. Uh, he'd come in and I always have a, a, a cup of milk for him. You know, Richard had a bad stomach and, uh, uh have an aspirin for him until he would got a goodies deal. Then I'd have his goodies, and we'd go, and he'd drink his milk and take his goodies. He'd always come up and say, okay, Bill, let's, let's give them cats what they want. And we'd go, and he would just, but that 200 was really special. Another special was when Ernie Urban won a comeback race in New Hampshire. He Ernie was was lucky to be alive. He was almost killed, as you remember. Yeah, in A absolutely. horrible, serious wreck. And he came back, and he won New Hampshire. And I'll never forget that. He pulled into victory lane, and when he pulled in, I said, Hi, Ernie, welcome home, welcome back. He said, Bill, it's great to be here. That was very special. Uh, really, and Davey Allison was always great to work with because uh, they – they, they have a million of them in the, in the pick crew. And when he won, there wasn't room in victory lane for everybody. I mean, and he was great. And uh, Jeff Gordon was great to work with. Nobody liked to work and win more than Jeff Gordon. And especially when he won at Dover, because DuPont was right up the road to peace. Uh, and Jeff is just the most cooperative, super guy to work with. Uh, he enjoyed Victory Lane immensely. and then anytime somebody won for the first time, first time in Victory Lane, that was always great because they had no idea what was going on and they were always happy and they were extra I I could do anything with those guys in the first time they won, but it was uh, that was always really special to have somebody in there for the first time.
1: So how did you uh, – I came up with another question while you were talking there. I was picturing you putting hats on everybody and then putting a hat on Jeff Gordon, and he's got a little head. How did you get the hat sized right? Was it just a guess or –
3: Oh, uh, you, you learn after a while. I usually just made them big. If you made it as big as it would be, you didn't have to worry about anything. There you go. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh. And that's usually what we did. Uh, I just would open them up on the holes in the back as big as they would go. Never have a problem.
1: Awesome, Bill Broderick. Uh, you're you're definitely a legend, known as the Hat Man. When did you that uh, title? When did that uh, be, be stick? I
3: guess. Uh, yeah, well, it was the fans. It was the people that did it. They television made me the Hat Man <laughs> because I was seen by thousands of people after every race, after every television race in victory lane, getting the guy out of the car and getting them in. And if they had time, they would, they would show us putting hats on. If they, if they ran out of time, they wouldn't. Uh, but I got, so I knew most of the guys that were in the trailer, you know, to the directors and the producers and all the, the cameramen, especially when TNN was doing all the races, uh, It it, it happened, but television is what made my persona as far as the hat man. And people saw me. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know my name. All they knew was I was in there getting kind of directing victory lane and putting hats on people. So when they saw me. They'd say, hey, Hatman, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Hatman? And then, you know, if you give, they'd, if you give an autograph, you'd be lucky enough to have someone want an autograph or something. Hat Man, can you give me, I sign, Bill Broderick to Hatman. And that's how the Hatman started. And then I had a couple of, I had a feature, uh, on, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't 2020, uh, it was on uh, oh one of those one of those news shows magazines. back in there. Yeah, it was a newsday show. Did a feature on me. I had a couple of network features with you know three, three or four million people watching those, and and it just that materialized. I had a couple of some feature stories written about me because AP had done some stuff uh, just because it was unusual. That's all. It was just different and. It was a different type of thing from racing.
1: Yeah. What about a book? I think you should write a book if you had, haven't written one. Already.
3: Well, I had, I'd have to save all the names protect the guilty. If <laughs> <laughs> I did a book. That's I okay. thought about it. I thought about it, and I thought about doing a memoir, but uh, I just never, I, and I love to write. And I mean, I've written copy. I've written newspaper copy and magazine copy. I've, I've written things all my, you know, my whole career, and I love writing. God gave me a talent. I, I never was educated, and never went to J school. Uh, I just happened to fall into it uh, to writing for uh, a major newspaper and magazine and stuff. And uh, but I just never found the time to sit down and write a book. Never found the time.
1: Well, if you get the time, I'm sure that there'd be a lot of people interested in it. I definitely would check
3: that out. Oh, well, uh, I don't know about that. Even, but, if, you, uh, even
1: if you change the I've names of people. Life,
3: so, you know, I'm sorry?
1: Even if you change the names of people it's to protect the innocent.
3: <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could do that pretty good. There you
1: go. uh, Bill Broderick, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate the time.
3: Listen, it's been a pleasure being with you guys, and uh, I thank you immensely. And I thank all of your listeners and viewers. Uh, uh, you're on Facebook; uh, they're watching in. Uh, they're, the greatest people in the world are race fans. You know yeah. They are fantastic. There's no nobody like them. Uh, they're loyal, and they never forget you. I still, I get to this day, and I've been out of the loop for a long time, get trading the, the hero cards. I've had, I've got four trading cards that were out-circulated way back, and I still get some every month. I get some in the mail of somebody wanting an autograph on a trading card. Uh, and that's because race fans are just the greatest people in the world.
1: They are. Awesome. I want one of those. <laughs> there you go. You can put them in your book. When you write the book, yeah. just put one of the hero cards in there, an autographed one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Bill. You take care of yourself, uh, and we'll have to reach out to you again. This has been fun.
3: Well, very good. I uh, thank you. And, uh, as uh, my, the great, uh, Roy Rogers used to say, May a good word taking luck to you. <laughs> All yep. right.
1: Oh, thanks, Bill. You take care. All right, bye. Night, Bill. There you go, the legendary hat man, Bill Broderick. Um, that was cool. Yeah. It was. We could talk to him for, I'm sure, they could keep going on yeah. for hours with that. Uh, maybe we'll make a part two at some point. Cause, that would be awesome. He seems to, he seems to like to the talk there, and he's a really nice guy. It's awesome. And I always thought he was employed by NASCAR. I thought he was like he worked for NASCAR in Victory Lane. I didn't realize that... Uh, he for was,
0: some reason, I thought R.J. Reynolds employed at the, the hmm. cigarette company. I was thinking that's why he got drummed out. I didn't realize. But didn't he, he wear like a,
1: a Winston or some, one of those cigarette kind well, of he, jackets, or maybe it was just because he was given because Winston, Yeah, Winston. Yeah, sure Winston
0: Cup, Cup yeah. probably gave to him
1: my
2: my family owned a few Union seventy six stations, so I I kind of knew the the backstory with with Bill Broderick. But uh,
1: oh well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, no kid. Hey. We could have used that. Yeah. Thanks for the show prep there. <laughs> he would have been a great uh, spokesperson for, for for that uh for the gas station. Yeah, absolutely. Come on down, meet Bill Broderick and get your uh hero card signed. Uh you yeah. think
0: of your new Ron Miller race car.
1: There you go. Um all right, uh Let's get back into the news. It's hard to follow that up with anything at this point. but uh, Right. Uh, started to mention Tony, Bre- Tony Breidinger uh, is going to become the first Arab-American female driver in ARCA Menards competition. Her debut will be Saturday at Winchester Speedway. That's this Saturday. She's going to be driving the number 25 Venturini Motorsports Triller Toyota. Have you heard of Triller? I have not. Apparently of. it's a social media thing, and she's big on social media. What, what's uh, her racing background, Scott? As a matter of fact, it's right here. She, uh, now I lost my spot here. It'll be the first of a five-race deal for the 22-year-old racer. She's the all-time winningest female in USAC history with 19 wins. Really? So she does have a little...
2: In, in, in midgets? I don't, or? it
1: didn't say if it was midgets, or sprints, or silver crown, or, or what uh, class okay. within USAC, but, uh, but huh. she... She's won races in USAC events. I think USAC Jerry USAC and I events. both
2: pay some attention to USAC. And,
1: uh, yeah, it's
0: not a name I'm familiar with. Must be a pavement. I I, I,
1: I don't know. Well, uh, we'll see how she don't does. I
0: a whole lot of pavement USAC we'll stuff.
1: So. We'll see how she does in a stock car this weekend.
0: And Winchester, that's a hell of a track to get your first. That yep. place is
2: intimidating. Are,
0: wow. I watched the Silver Crown race there last week. That was nuts.
1: Yep. Uh, the NBC Sports Network, as we uh, previously reported, is going to be closing up shop at the end of this year. A lot of uh, the races are on NBC and their family of networks, including NBC Sports Network, uh, including IndyCar and NASCAR, for uh, IndyCar next year. Thirteen races will be shown via NBC and the free version of Peacock, their app, or yeah, their streaming platform, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the others uh, will air on the USA Network and or Peacock uh, as well. So a couple networks there. However, at least two races will be aired by Peacock Premium, which means you got to pay to watch a couple of races. That's for IndyCar. Now,
2: does does Peacock have a TV subscription, or is this something you'd it's have a, to...
1: It's like uh, Hulu, where there, okay. I think there's like a free... level. Netflix. Le- yeah. right. Well, yeah. Netflix, I don't think, has a free level, Peacock has a a free ad-sponsored level, and then they have their premium level where you need to pay to watch some of the shows, including a couple of these races. So there's going to be a few of the races are going to be shown on the free level where you don't need a subscription and a couple of them with the uh, paid subscription. And it sounds like uh, NASCAR may end up uh, going that way as well. I read something earlier, though. Um, Let me finish reading this, though. Uh, NASCAR has a contract with Fox and NBC through 2024, but in 2025, things could change. Uh, as uh, for NBC, they paid $4.4 billion for essentially half the TV rights in a 10-year deal. NASCAR has uh, stated that some of their programming is likely to move behind a paywall uh, as well, but I had read something before that, that the original deal through 2024, they couldn't put it behind a paywall. That's what I read. I don't know if that's still true, so I think that the races, the NASCAR races, at least, will be uh, not behind the paywall. All right, so until twenty twenty four, so you got some time. Um, there, taking Bill off of the screen. <laughs> We're not talking to him anymore at the moment, uh, and that's all the news uh, that I have for this. Well, week. that was kind of abrupt. Well,
0: well, I got a quick announcement. We got him. Is it, is it breaking news? Ah, a little bit for, for modified racers, especially.
1: This is breaking, a breaking news.
0: news. Lima Land Motor Sports Park, in conjunction with tomorrow night's Tim Allison tribute, Cont- connected strategy advisors out of Lima, Ohio, Percy Jandro and his team are donating $111 to each of the modified heat race winners. And $211 to the hard charger in tomorrow night's modified A main at Limeland Motorsports Park. The extra $11 obviously going toward uh, marking a tribute of Tim Allison, famously running the number 11. Lots of big things happening tomorrow at Limeland along with that event. $3,511 right now to win for the NRA 360s. We also got the non wing sprint cars in action. Again, the modifieds with some extra stuff, uh, the stock cars. I don't know if you guys saw me post this yesterday. Indian Lake Sports Park is putting up an $1,100 bonus for each division in their A-Main for the pole setter or the outside pole sitter to go to the tail if they can win the race from the tail.
1: So basically a front row starter has, can go to the tail yep. and take that.
0: Yep. The, the pole sitter get the first choice. If they turn it down, then the outside pole sitter will get it. But if they go to the tail and can come through and win, it's an extra $1,100 in any any class tomorrow night. Uh, Tony Miller just noted, uh said something in the chat I forgot all about. Terry Hole, who'd been battling cancer, hadn't been in a race car for a few years, is returning to action tomorrow night at Lime Motorsports Park as well, behind the wheel of a Sherman Enterprise Modified. That could be fun to watch.
2: Very
1: good. Now You had a, uh, a Tim Allison thing you had written up that uh, you were going to read. You haven't had a chance to read that yet because it's been rained out, right?
0: That got rained out, so I will be reading it tomorrow before night. tomorrow's main. Okay. Yeah, and it's all ready to go. It's going to be a, a great event. I'm excited. I know uh, the NRA 360s are excited. The fans are excited. A lot of people were mad at us because of raining out last week, and, and we were mad as well. That that was an event we really, really. There was a really lot of mad people race.
1: last weekend. Yeah, for different reasons. I get it. Now that's yeah, limelight. I'm talking to yeah,
0: yeah. It was everywhere, but you yeah, know, and I and I understand. I understand the frustration. I was as frustrated as anybody, but i tell you what, this is going to work out great, and it's going to be a big night for the fans. Not only is it championship night, so it's our final points race of the year for the uh, modifieds and the stock cars, the NRA guys in action, the non-wing sprint cars. It's family fun night. We're going to have a bounce house, uh, an obstacle course, uh, uh, jousting for the kids. All the drivers are invited to bring their race cars over to the east end of the parking lot for fans to come take pictures, hang out, give out hero cards. And this will all start at 4 o'clock tomorrow, so... And it's regular admission. There's no added uh, cost for anybody to be there. It's going to be a great, great event.
1: How about we check out the uh, Twitter poll for this week, which uh, had to do with some frustrations from last week. <laughs> um, should, uh, should local track promoters consult race car drivers on whether or not to cancel due to weather? Surprisingly, the majority said yes. 54.2%. I can't read that. It's very small on the street. Yeah. Uh, 29.2% said uh, no, and uh, 16, 16.7% uh, said consult Ryan Weekman. So, <laughs> that's surprising there. Very that, good. There's a little bit of support there, yeah. Uh, it's always a tough call. I mean... You, a position that I don't envy, that I would not want to be in to have to make a call. Because if you cancel... Uh, you're going to piss off uh, people, you know, and the sun comes out because you don't know what's going to happen. You, you cancel, sun comes out, and, you know, the track may not be good, but it looks like, oh, it's great weather. Why aren't we racing? Scotta, Those promoters suck. Scotta, or if you uh, don't cancel, Scott, Scott and Scott. then the track is crap, then it's like, we should have canceled, and everybody's going to complain. So you can't, they're in a no-win situation.
2: I suspect yeah. that uh, what what happened at Fremont last weekend was the impetus for your twitter <laughs> is right?
1: i don't know exactly um, what happened at twitter or at, at uh, fremont last week fremont i read a lot of comments fremont
2: worked very hard to different get the opinions sh- yeah fremont worked very hard to get the show in um ron miller race cars had a representative there so uh which way I, did he vote um he was just stunned that they even tried to get it in uh and, and but did he, and did he vote
1: to, for, for saying uh yeah, let's try and do this? No, he
2: he was just a representative. He wasn't he wasn't a voting member. <laughs>
1: oh, <okay>. Um <laughs> He didn't have his voter registration. That's uh <laughs> voter fraud.
2: Yeah. But uh this voting by the competitors, you know, I, I understand uh fremont's position last week the the track was marginal some of the sprint car racers didn't think that the track was going to be safe they took a vote and, and if it's and the a, drivers if it, are the if ones if that, it, that if it's a safety issue absolutely the thing i have a problem with is a lot of race tracks have been making a whole lot of decisions based on a vote by the racers and um tracks it's time to man up and and just make your own calls
1: there you go. Send your uh, your um, comments and... Uh, yeah, you send them to Ron. Call, right. call
0: the Hammerdown hotline and let oh, us know. Oh, there you go. There we, go. There we go. There yeah. you
1: go. Speaking of which, uh, we do have a Hammerdown hotline uh, coming up in uh, just a little bit. But if you'd like to uh, call and uh, be on the show, there you go. 419-318-3081. Give it a call anytime, day or night. It's uh, manned by... A uh, robot that will answer the phone no matter what, 419 And no matter
2: how crude you are, yeah. it'll be polite.
1: It, yeah, it will be. It'll say the same thing every time you call, too. But, uh, yeah, and uh, chances are, most likely, that uh, whatever you leave on that voicemail will end up in some format on this show. I can't guarantee that it's going to uh, be played in exactly the same uh, way that it came out of your mouth, but... It might. It might. There's a good most of the time it does, so um, we'll check out uh, this week's hammer down hotline. We had one call coming up here in just a little bit. First, a shout out to Ron Miller Race Cars uh, for race cars, parts, safety equipment, service, everything a racer needs. Uh, That's I, me. The other night I saw oh, that that, uh, that
2: hand doesn't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's right here. I can point that way. I don't have to try and figure it out on the screen. Yeah, Yeah, you don't have to. I'm sitting here trying to figure it out and make sure I'm pointing the right way. Backwards. Uh, Give Ron a call 734 856 7223. Did you finally get caught up? I know you've been real busy all this year. Scott, um,
2: I'm almost at the point where I can start working on the backlog. Okay. I've I've got uh, a couple of trucks to get started on for Fremont and uh, an Oakshade stock car bomber. Um, I, I have the the bare frames here so yeah
1: mm, i prefer draft frames I, I, or lion frames yeah, to bare bear frames
2: i i've had uh, i've had a lot yeah, of com- compact questions lately Are, do you still build roll cages and yes i do um a lot of interest again in building the compact so we'll see where that goes
0: let me ask you this would you build a cage for the Crown Vicks that are being run at some of the pavement tracks.
2: Oh absolutely. So I know know the there, race there's cars. some Jerry, I can there's I, some stuff going on. I can build a cage for anything.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I may have some business to drum up for you. Oh uh, boy. We can we can right talk we can talk about that after. Call him at
1: that <laughs> number. Yep, right I will right I will there. let the folks know. There it goes. Right okay. Here. Uh how about we do uh how many? chance to win a Big how D's many? pizza. How,
2: how many what?
1: How many? Well, we'll find out here. Uh, switch back over to the comments here. The Bucs test. Okay. Um, so this week's how many? We've kind of uh, augmented it uh, for tonight. And, uh, Jerry, I hope you've been keeping track because I have not. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I, I, I won't you'll make have to give a me, guess. You'll have to give me a number after the show so I can add yes. that to the, the whole deal. Uh, but this week's how many? is uh it's, it's this is an addition thing there's three elements Three, three. Ooh, three oh we're getting yeah well but before we do that let's uh do last week's how many let's get that out of the way oh so you Figure it, out so win.
2: this week's how many was just a tease it was
1: for now so you've a got quick you tease. folks until to i forget in. about it and you've, we just move on got, and you've just got, just got to skip hang it.
2: in there a few more minutes
1: yeah. uh last week's how many was how many super modifieds would be at sandusky speedway uh on saturday And the answer, according to my race pass, was fifteen, and that makes uh, me the winner because I picked the uh, just under Jerry's pick there. I think he picked thirty-one. I picked thirty. Okay, I was closest uh, for for the show. Doug Frost was uh, closest of our listeners in the comments. He picked twenty-three, so Doug gets a uh, Big D's pizza.
0: Congratulations, Um, Doug! Let's get with uh, Dean. That's
1: what I need. I need some cheering or something. Or Dreamweaver. I don't know what this button is. Oh, that's that's right. That's the race. That's for Ron coming up here in a bit for the weekend weather pit stop. So this week's how many and a chance to get a uh, Big D's pizza is uh, how many fast four tens plus how many of the uh, GLSS three hundred and sixty sprints plus how many hat changes has Jerry made? During the show tonight, oh boy! And that could that could count to through the end of the show, so there could still yeah, be the more. The end of the
2: show,
0: yeah. You need need to watch to the end of the show. So
1: again, that's how many fast four ten sprints plus the GLSS three sixty sprints, Great Lakes uh, Super Sprints uh, that'll be at Fremont on Saturday night. Both those series plus how many hat changes? So you got the four tens, the three sixties, and hat changes all added together, one number. You don't need uh you don't need to separate them Rhonda so that that guess does not count. I just want one number of all three of those things added up. That's all that will be uh counted in the comments if you uh, you want to guess just put your guess in the comments of our Facebook live or our YouTube live and uh the closest will get oh boy a uh big D's pizza courtesy of uh Dean Henry there who uh, comes in with a guess of 60. So uh ooh I
2: hmm.
3: Scott, he's, you, been to, he's
1: done a few hatchings. changes. I haven't been paying attention, so I don't know. You won last
2: week, so you've got to go first.
1: Um, fast four tens, there's going to be about that many, plus uh, carry the four.
0: Let let me help your decision. <laughs> Remember, the NRA 360s are in action in Plymouth, Indiana, Saturday night.
1: Are they? So, so that could affect that car count for the GLS. That could
0: affect the so. 360 car count.
1: All right. I'm going to go with uh, 52. 52 is my number. Jerry?
0: I, I'm privy to the hat changes, so yeah. I, I don't want to give up. Any, I, I'm going to say a total of 58.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: Well, I was gonna go. I was gonna go with sixty-seven, but obviously, I got to go with fifty-nine now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you're playing the strategy. That's, that's, how it. that's strategy. Strategy. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, we'll find out what that number is uh, next week on the show, and uh, we'll figure out who the winner is again. Uh, if you pick the same number as someone else, that's all right. We will. Uh, spin the Big D's Pizza Wheel and find out who the winner is to break that tie. Dave Kemmer apparently fa- failed math, so he can't add three <laughs> numbers together. So Dave is out of the running. Sorry, Dave. Uh, let's check out this week's uh, Big D's Racing menu before we get to the weeking the week, week, weekend weather pit stop. <laughs> yes, it is time to wrap this up. It's been a long day. Uh, Friday night, as uh, Jerry mentioned, Lima Land Motorsports Park Championship Night, Family Fun Night. Is this the second to last night? of racing second
0: to last night Uh, next week would be our our, uh, awards banquet which we have right during the races the king of the quarter mile stuff uh pit party celebration where everybody is invited over to the pits after the racing's over we'll feed you we got drinks does cost a few dollars more next week we'll talk more about that next week but yeah
1: uh, championship this week's night, regular though. general mission. And uh, the NRA sprints going to be in action. Non wing sprints, modified, Thunderstocks, gates open at four, racing 730, general mission uh, $12. Lots going on at Lima Land tomorrow night. Uh, Attica Raceway Park tomorrow night as well. It's Kears Speed Shop True Alpha Wealth Management Night uh, featuring the 410 sprints, late models, and the 305s. Thousand to win for the uh, 305s uh, tomorrow night. Uh, gates open at five, racing 745, general mission is $18 at Attica. Saturday night, we've got Oakshade with the Night of Wheels, Late Model Sportsman Bombers full show there, and uh, during intermission, going to be giving away tons of bicycles for all all, all kinds of kids of any age. I, I can tell pictures.
2: you, I can tell you, one of the bikes is going to be a Lightning McQueen twelve inch bike, so for a, a uh, like a three to five year old, and it's going to come with a Lightning McSteve T shirt, ooh, and, and a couple sweet. of hot and a couple of Hot Wheels.
1: Nice. Very that cool. you can take over to Brian Smith's trailer and race, maybe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> take it to a different track. Um, that's uh, Saturday night Oakshade Raceway. Gates open at four racing at seven. General Mission fourteen bucks there. Uh, also Saturday night Flat Rock Speedway. It's autograph night with the Outlaw Super Late Models plus the Figure Eights and Street Stocks. Gates open at five. You can walk on the track to meet the drivers, get those autographs at six o'clock. Racing at seven. General Mission is fifteen dollars. At Flat Rock Shady Bowl uh, in action with the uh, help me with this one, Neil Skeva. Neil Skeva. Siva. Siva. Skiva. Yeah. Skiva or Is it Siva? Skeva.
0: Okay. 50, 51 laps. It's
1: a memorial race. 15-51 yes. to win. Yep. And 51 laps, and that's for the uh, street stocks, right?
0: The Adams Automotive Street stocks. You got it.
1: Late models in action, tuners, Crown Vicks, and compacts as well. Grandstands open at uh, 4 o'clock. Grandstand Gates, uh racing at seven. General mission fifteen bucks, I believe, for that. You got it. Fremont. It's Ohio Labor's local four eighty and uh, five seventy four nights with the fast four tens, the uh, Great Lake Super Sprint three sixties, and three oh five. So uh all kinds of sprint car racing. No trucks. Trucks are off on Saturday night at Fremont. Gates open at four racing at seven. General admission is eighteen dollars. And Sandusky Speedway taking a break after uh the three-day weekend last weekend with the high miler. So
0: you did forget one racetrack. What did I forget? Montpelier.
1: Yes. Should we add Montpelier them to? Back, do we need Back to add them action. to the uh, the Big D's racing menu? They're kind of outside I think of we our menu. But uh, we can expand.
0: Make sure you go like Mont Motor Speedway on Facebook too. They got all kinds of stuff going on tomorrow. Tony Miller mentioned it in the in the comments. Tony Anderson, driver here out of Lima is paying for the first 25 people through the Gates General Admission tomorrow nice. or Saturday at Montpelier. Uh, and there's a couple other drivers. I know Weasel Flipbo's paying, I think, for six people. Uh, so, yeah, you get there early. You might get, get in for free. There's lots of stuff going on. Uh, very happy, excited for the all the commotion going on around Montpelier Motor Speedway, opening back up under the tutelage of Larry Bowes.
1: And if you missed the show last week, make sure to go check that out. We spoke with uh, Larry Bowes uh, about... Uh... Getting Montpelier open. So he must be on schedule and opening up yeah. Saturday night. So uh what's that weekend weather pit stop? What's the weather looking like, Mr. Meteorologist Ron Miller?
2: Um what Ryan Weekman would say if he was on tonight is that this is going to be a spectacular weekend for racing. Temperatures are going to be cool, the humidity is going to be down, the engines are going to be making big horsepower because it's going to be a little bit cooler it's going to be a great night for racing you might want to take a jacket because it's going to be just a little bit cooler uh, as the night goes on which night all of them (laughs) (laughs) Friday, Saturday and Sunday if you go somewhere
1: All right. there you go here's Ryan Miller pulling out of his weekend weather pit stop there he goes see him All right, that's about it for this edition of the Hammerdown Racer Report. Thanks again to Bill uh, Broderick for joining us tonight. The Hat Man, great conversation with him. What's up? What do you got?
0: Hammered, hammer Hammerdown Hotline? Oh,
1: shoot. That, that is, yeah, it's right here. Actually, yeah, that's on here. First, I want to thank uh, Associate Producer Dave Kammer, uh, Field Correspondents Matt Swander, Doug Dock, and uh, John Young. John Young actually was instrumental in uh, – getting us hooked up. It was kind of a strange thing because we did the hat thing last week. You were changing your hats, and we kind of talked right. about the hat, man. That's how it all came up. Oh, I see. And then John Miller took it upon himself to track down Bill, and I guess he gave him my phone number, and uh, and, and then he sent me a message like, Hey, I gave uh, Bill, he's uh, from Illinois, so if you get a call from Illinois, that's uh, I hope it's okay. I'm like, that's fine. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, right, he'll call. And then, then Yesterday, my phone rings, it's Illinois, and guess who's on the phone? So uh, thanks, That's to, awesome. thanks to John Young for uh, setting that up. So next week on the like show. Like Bill
0: said, race race fans are the greatest fans in the world. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's oh, and this is and a community show. Everybody helps yep. out. So if you want to be part of the show, you are if you're watching or listening. That's it. Yeah, you're part of the show. That's it. Uh, Next week on the show, we're going to speak to a legendary announcer uh, that is down at uh, what tracks he work at down in Florida now? East Bay. East Bay, that's right. Uh, former announcer at Oakshade Raceway. He's announced at other places as well. He's uh, another gentleman uh, that will have lots Larry, of stories. Larry has done a lot of monster truck announcing. And I did not know that. Larry Jewett will be our guest next week on the show. Yeah. I, I want to hear him do the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But I don't think he does that kind <laughs> of thing. I don't That's think more so. just the commercials. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, let's check out the uh, Hammered Down Hotline before we get out of here. Um, why... Why not? Just because it just makes the show a little longer. Here you go. Oops. I hit it twice. Nope, that's the picture. That's not actually doing it. Sorry. Sorry. Well, where's your hat? You're naked. Your head's naked. Cover it up.
3: Oh, no. I'll tell you what. Next time I come over there, I'm going to show you how it's boy. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm tired of you getting in the way. You're going down. Try down.
1: I have no idea what the call is about. I just like the very end. There's like a turn signal here, so apparently whoever left that was driving at the time. Yeah, okay. And um, I was is, la- uh, laughing at uh, Kieser putting on the helmet. There.
2: Does that count as a hat?
1: I think so. I think that does count.
2: Okay, that's a hat. Yeah. So, so it's it's official. Jerry says that it's a hat. So, so we're good.
1: All right. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get out of here. I think it's about time to go. Uh, again, next week on the show, Larry Jewett. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Oak Shade Raceway, Real Geese Silhouette Decoys, Big D's Pizza, Ryan Miller Race Cars, and Freeze Frame Photos. Thanks to you guys uh, for listening and putting up with us. And hopefully, uh, Ryan Weakman will be back in the office next week. We'll get the. Uh...
2: Yeah, I I was kind of worried when I saw a weather lady on uh, on
1: yeah, channel I, I eleven saw that this, this morning, morning and yeah. I was like, Ah, oh, man, Ryan's not gonna. Get the uh, the forecast for us this week, but you know it's we can okay. ca- we can carry that load. Uh, visit our website HammerdownRacingReport.com com. Don't forget to uh, leave us a message on the Hammerdown hotline four one nine three one eight three zero eight one. And uh, that's it. Can you talk with that thing on your head? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, I was just you were like being one of those uh, mascots or something, and you weren't talking. I didn't. This. I didn't want to talk over you. No, you're you're fine. Talk over <laughs> me all you want. All right. We're out. Go We're support gone. a local track. Y'all Night, have, everybody. Have a great
2: weekend. Go to a racetrack somewhere in your area.
1: There you go. As long as it's open. It will be. Okay.
3: You have been listening to the
0: Hammerdown Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts,
3: Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform.